Hi, this is Jeff Haley with another Twang Twang Shaka Boom podcast. The Uncle Waltz Connection. Uncle Waltz Band was a trio from Spartanburg, South Carolina. They moved to Austin in the 1970s, around the same time as Willie Nelson, Jerry Jeff Walker, and other artists that were attracted to the otherness that made the Austin scene great. I'd never really even heard of them until one day I went into Sound Warehouse on Burnett Road. I went in and I was just looking around and I saw Rhino Records was releasing four albums from Uncle Walt's band. Two albums on each disc. Looking at their band photo, they just look so real to me. It was as if I could see the story of their whole career written on their faces. And like Twang Twang Shakaboom, they look like they would rather not plug in if they didn't have to. On the outside of the CD, there was a testimonial by Lyle Lovett about how great and influential Uncle Walt's band were. On that recommendation, I picked one of the CDs up and I took it home. This was the first song I heard. so many things that I already knew and loved, like Django Reinhardt, Crosby, Steele's Nash & Young, and maybe even a little Andrew Sisters. Plus, they were well-versed in bluegrass, which I knew little about. Of course, I went straight back to Sound Warehouse and bought the other Uncle Walt CDs. Now I had four of their albums. That seemed like maybe just enough. Maybe. I will fall in the woods and the arrow and the goods will be yours. As the river rolls, I will take it. Chant Hood's guitar solos and bluesy vocals instantly grabbed me. Walter Hyatt's mature songwriting sounded just as good as the Eagles or Randy Newman to my ears. And as a bass player, I was so excited to hear David Ball's upright bass, which was a very rare thing in country music recorded after the 1950s. He could sing lead, and boy, he sang so high, very high, kind of like a Nashville sting. And bright clothes, none could excel her. She was proper, stout, and tall. Her fingers long and small. She's a comely dame with all. She's a brisk young widow. But the thing that grabbed me and shook me was the harmony singing. There simply is no way to adequately describe how great they are. People say that fortune is not for you to find. You make it. 
opportunities Let me live the life on sunny seas Aloha The harmonies are complicated, but there's also a special kind of sheen to it. Their voices are blended perfectly, which really isn't something you can plan for. That's not to say that they had identical tones, they didn't. But the chemistry and tonal quality of these three voices was greater than the sum of its parts. And it's the most outstanding aspect of their artistry, if you ask me. didn't even need to sing. They had instrumentals as well. And since Champ was a really good fiddle and mandolin player, the music was constantly shifting. A couple of months after this, I saw that Walter and Champ were playing at the Waterloo Ice House on 38th Street. I had to go see this. I couldn't believe I was seeing these two amazing musicians in a restaurant with only a few dozen fans. Shouldn't they be playing at Bass Concert Hall? Uncle Walt's band seemed like a group that were destined to be bigger than they were, which is what Lyle Lovett had been saying on the cover of that CD. They had been on Austin City Limits in 1979, so they definitely had been on the cusp of greater success. But something unknown must have gotten in the way. In 1993, the full Uncle Walt's band, including long, tall bassist David Ball, reunited to play at Aquafest. Again, I made sure I didn't miss the show. I remember watching them play on the high stage in the daylight hours, just as Twang Twang had a couple years before, and I knew how difficult it was to have an intimate performance under these conditions. But all the songs that they played were favorites of mine, and I was thrilled. For me, it was like seeing a reunion of Guns N' Roses or Destiny's Child. I could easily say at this point in my life that Uncle Walt's band was one of my favorite bands in the world. Around 1994, or maybe 95, Rod Kennedy asked me to be part of a small Texas tour to promote the Kerbal Folk Festival. We were going to be playing in Austin, Houston, Dallas, and at the Kerbal Folk Festival itself. The band, which Rod called the Kerbal All-Stars, was me, Paul Glass on mandolin, 
Eric Hokanen on guitar and violin, and Champ Hood also on violin and guitar. I was going to be playing with an idol of mine. Our first rehearsal was at Champ's house. She walked a mile to me. I love that woman. She walked a mile to me. What a situation. I'm a confident musician, but this was a little much. These guys were considered some of the greatest musicians in the world. Eric won the Phil Championship of Florida when he was 19. Paul Glass is on hundreds of recordings. Champ Hood is the Champ Hood. The Champ Hood that everyone in Austin loves. No one has ever said a discouraging word about this man. He's mellow, humble, a southern gentleman. This time he was playing at Threadgills with Tony Price and with Kelly Willis, plus about 10 other gigs per week. He was voted String Player of the Year five times in the Austin Music Awards. And now I was at his house as an air quotes all star. At rehearsal, I started telling Champ about how much I loved Uncle Walt's band, how I had all the available music, and I'd seen him at Waterloo Ice House and at Aquafest. He smiled and seemed pleased that I was such a fan of this music. Just to make sure Champ knew how serious I was about these compliments, I told him that I considered only the Beatles to be better harmonizers than Uncle Walt's band. He started laughing and told me that David and Walter always insisted that they practice the harmonies. I could see him reminiscing in his mind about these rehearsals where they'd practice major sixes and diminished chords, all of the most difficult intervals to sing. They would just go out on stage and make it seem like it was just normal and effortless part of their act. Kerrville All-Star gigs were super fun and were a huge education. It was really my first introduction to pure roots music. Champ called me later to do some more gigs, but I was busy with three bands and just couldn't do it. It was one of the most difficult no's I've ever had to say. It's really an honor to get to talk about Uncle Walt's band. They're a really special group in my life, and um, there's a lot of comparisons between Twang Twang Shaka Boom and Uncle Walt's band. But to me, Uncle Walt's band is just stellar. We just happened to get a copy of a live Uncle Walt's performance that has never been released before. It's a cover of Early Morning Love by Mosier Santos, and it will be on an upcoming release called Recorded Live on Omnivore Recordings. Day that we can dream.
over that but you can really hear what makes them so special there there's the great lead guitar playing and the harmonies with the sheen on top and they also trade lead vocals it starts with david ball and then walter height sings the bridge they've got that cool intro with the brazilian sounding chords but a kind of bluegrass tightness to it but then they raise the whole thing up and change keys and do the whole thing even higher. Just crazy, and it's a live recording. No overdubs. It's just the way they're always conducting their business, and it's such an inspiration. Come with me, wake the day up. We'll fly so high and stay up. As long as you're with me, I'd rather be really hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Remember, we have some other connection podcasts. We have uh, Los Lobos. We have Andre Segovia. We have De La Soul. We've got Jolie Holland, Thelonious Monk. And now we have Uncle Walt's band, the Twang Twang Connection. I really want to thank Omnivore Records. And I'd like to thank the Uncle Walt's family for encouraging us to do this podcast. And we're just grateful to be part of the Uncle Walt's band fan club. Peace, love, and fish sticks, y'all.